Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Welcome into Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, and uh, I don't know, where's where's TJ Walker at? Sports Stalkers, nowhere to be found. There he is, hey! Hey, he's here. (laughs) Remember? Sorry, it, it never, the, the, I had to upload the chat again. It's it, I was like, I figured we would have some text messages into the chat this morning. And then I was like, well, okay, it's 7.05. He had to have sent the chat over. And you had, so I just needed to refresh it. So apologies. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, we made it. We're all here. Uh, we're ready to rock. We're ready to roll. How, how are you, TJ? Have you had a lovely Tuesday morning? Well, yeah, it's only been going on for about an hour, a little under an hour, but <laughs> so so far, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better Tuesday morning. I, up to this point, I would think. How how are your all's Tuesday mornings? Ooh, little little frost on the window this morning, but um, and I also uh, thought I saw, I don't, I, I, it was one of those things where I couldn't tell if the, the person was like if they were joking. Or if they were actually trying to run each other off the road. But I thought two people, I was just going to watch somebody crash into one another on the water soon. So that was that was something. One of my favorite jokes to play with my friends is we both are going like 80 or 90 and we see who can run each other off the road. It's a classic gag. We've been doing it for years. Hilarious bit. Hilarious Oh, bit. so good. So good. <laughs> and then sometimes like a buddy will run off the road, total their car, have to go to the hospital. It's just real knee slapper, that one. The old run your friend off the road trick. This this person actually did the they they like passed them, got out of the way, and then went in front of him and slammed on the brakes. It's like what what you, you that's how I, you die. What are you yeah, doing? I, I would guess these people are not friends, just off the basic information I've heard up to this point. But at five thirty in the morning, who how can you be that pissed off at five thirty in the morning? It was yeah, I was <laughs> baffled by it. That's pretty wild. You gotta yeah. be. So that has to be pretty egregious of a road rage incident to get Built all different. that worked up, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Scoots, what do you got? Oh, sorry, I was just unmuted. I just thought you might want to try. I do have a road rage. I do have a. Uh, I don't know what, like seventy percent healthy sciatic nerve. So that's been cool this morning. I got out of bed and didn't feel any instant pain. 
but it's it's a little sore now. But we're getting there. I, I'm feeling confident that by Friday I'll be 100. percent Wow, on the road to recovery. So if you if you had to play a game tonight, um, let's say it's um, wh- what are we saying? If we're our, is it a we'll see a la Mark Stoops? Is it uh, we haven't seen him, John Calipari, or is it? Well, um, we'll, we'll he's, he's going to practice today, so if he can do that, then he can play. What level of injured is 70% on the Mark Stoops-John Calipari scale? I am needing a waiver from the NCAA to get like an extra 20 minutes of warm-up time before the game. If, if the NCAA grants me that t- extra 20 minutes of warm-up time, I think I could try to give it a go tonight. Although it wouldn't be my best performance, so I don't know that I'd want to put the team in peril like that. I might just want to wait until our next game to give it 100% for the team. There you so have you, it, Ralph. Okay, okay, okay. So you just can't be the doubleheader in a in the NCAA tournament game. Yeah. If you're, if you're the nightcap in the Final Four, you're done. Well, I, I think I've got to sit out the front half of the back-to-back is what I'm saying. So... I think I could play our next night, but yeah, tonight I, I think I would just I would sit it out. Unless it was a golf match, I think I could maybe give it a go for golf. Okay, okay, good to know. Good to know, TJ. Did you have a great Monday though? Uh, we we usually do our our catch up. How how hey how you doing? How you doing? Monday was was fine. Not, nothing nothing out of the ordinary really. Uh, busy, busy, busy work day, getting back into the swing of things. Nice day, and it got a little chilly as the night went on. Going to be a little chillier today, but then get nicer over the next few. But, uh, yeah, everything was fine. No no, no major issues. I, I did hear that you had mentioned that you had scraped ice off your car, and it made me think that just yesterday, I was going to put it in the group message, but the, the poor guy has really just been been getting hammered every which way. But Trevor did say yesterday that part of the reason he left Kentucky Roll Call is because he was sick of scraping ice off his car in the morning, which we all knew was true. Like, we all knew that that was a contributing factor to him just stopping to show up uh, to, to do show. But the fact that he's admitting it now, like he's coming out and saying it, uh, I think is interesting. I think we need to make fun of him about that. I also would hate scraping ice off my car without an ice scraper, which you would think. Oh, yeah. He, he you, conveniently didn't leave that part out that he was yeah. doing it with like a credit card or his fingernails. Or like a CD. Like fingernails? A, Good grief. That's savage. He'd go inside and get his dogs and use their toenails to scrape the ice off his mm-hmm. car. And the sad thing is, there's work. people listening wondering if that's actually legitimate. It's not, but it could have been. But the CD thing is definitely he he's definitely done that before. The credit card and CD thing is one hundred percent true because you come in and show us. Just like why don't you could just have one in your car, you know, like what normal people do. It's what five ten bucks for an ice scraper. I mean, they sell them at Thornton's around the city. Yeah, Um, that's because Thornton's is the best. They've got it all. Um, It it is the best. We got the new sausage biscuits. The biscuits really just. Take it to the next level with their breakfast selections. Um, they've got the best breakfast burritos. The, but really, no matter what, coffee and the and, and the large donuts. It's, it's just a great way to start your day. So fuel up at Thornton's, download the Refreshing Rewards app, and text into the Thornton's text on 502-414-1450. We've got a popping text on this morning too, Teach. It's going to be an exciting show. And in hour number two, um, one young Jack Pilgrim is going to join us uh, from Houston where he's been – 
chatting it up with the future Wildcats in the McDonald's All-American game. And he's been uh, he's been ahead of the curve when it comes to scoop on who's staying, who's going. So um, hearing from him, as you said on Twitter, now's a good time to just listen to what Jack's got to say. Yeah, it really it is. He is in the know. There's a lot happening, a lot of news to get to. So we said we need to get somebody on that actually kind of knows this stuff. We can digest the news. We can interpret it. We can be wrong about all this stuff. Uh, Jack's in the know. We're going to have him on. He's going to give us the, the inside scoop on what the roster's looking like in terms of players leaving, players going, maybe a transfer portal name or two that he's heard. And it's going to be a good time getting to talk to Jack. I the, the We talked a little bit about it yesterday, Roush, but uh, the McDonald's All-American games, Reed Shepard, I think, lost in the finals of the three-point contest last night. And I was actually just flipping channels, and I flipped it to what I believe was his final round, and he had to beat a score of 27, which is really good. I think he got 21, which is solid in its own right. Not, I mean, it's not amazing, but it's also not bad. 21 probably gets you to advance in most rounds. But in a championship round, 27, really, really good. 21, solid, but Reed Shepard. Unable to win. I was like, oh, that's cool. I flipped over just for that. Uh, I didn't watch the dunk contest, but I saw that somebody dunked over Ronald McDonald, the clown, who was standing over a kid in a wheelchair. And oh. I saw a bunch of different tweets about this, but somebody probably needed to step in and be like, just in case this doesn't go as planned, let's let's do a different, let's do some different props here. Let's try something a little different. Uh, but it, it went off successfully does seem like the dunker maybe nicked the head of ronald mcdonald but the the kid the the wheelchair everything was good there uh made for a cool dunk brought the house down but when i first saw that dunk lined up roush i was thinking oh no what this is about to be really really bad viral video here not the case not the case uh also don't know who the dunker was that did oh marco jackson who could I, it's how, uh, how Spanish could I for the Marco. <laughs> how, how could I forget? Uh, um, he, he did. He did successfully complete the dunk. That stuff was Kansas guy. That He's stuff was what it what, what it was. As when I was covering that stuff, like the three point in the dunk contest was okay. Like it, you know, the dunk contest would kind of get annoying. The three point contest it would get fans excited. Um. But I would usually go home after these events. Like, I wouldn't cover the game because the game was just so dumb. And I believe the game is tonight. And they don't try. After after the game, you can get quotes, but it's all the same stuff that you'd gotten the days before. But the best part of the McDonald's All-American Week, and Jack was there for it, is the the live practices and they do a little bit of a live scrimmage which sometimes isn't open to the media i don't think it is but the practices are and they do scrimmages was, uh, the practices they and have that, been wise enough to throw that on espn plus now so you can watch yes you can at least watch the scrimmage uh or the mm-hmm. what they what they cut for you from the scrimmage but jack getting to see those practices was huge you know he'll have a better idea of what dj wagner aaron bradshaw Justin Edwards and Reed Shepard are ready to bring to UK in, you know, just a matter of months before they get to campus. And then it's probably about a half a year before we start getting revved up for the basketball portion of 
of their of their careers. So he's going to have a great idea of, of of what he saw that he liked, what they need to work on, how they're going to mesh together, and then as we already alluded to, all the other inside stuff regarding the portal, people leaving, people going, people staying, and we little clarity, no surprise at all. Uh, I guess the only surprise, which shouldn't even be a surprise anymore, is some of the reaction to it. But Severe Wheeler, Roush, makes it official, says that he'll be continuing his college career elsewhere. Uh, truly, truly not a surprise for anyone, unless the only unless you thought he was just done with college sports and he was going to go play professionally somewhere. But with the nil era, it can be incredibly profitable continuing to play college sports. And, and you can also still kind of buy you more time to develop, be more ready for an international overseas contract when you're done with college. And it seems like that's the route Wheeler's taken. Some people, I did see a few tweets of people being like a little surprised, which I just thought was the most outlandish thing in the world. Um, there were, unfortunately, more tweets of people just kind of being mean and nasty. But I do think the majority of folks were just, all right, hey, best of luck. Hope it works out well for them. Uh, this is this is best for all parties. And that's that's ultimately where I default back to, Roush. Is I will wish them the best. I think the circumstances of the final two months were beyond bizarre. But what does it even matter? What is it, like, what does it matter? If he, I know there's some people out there that's like, well, I want to know. I want to know if he quit on the team. I'm not going to root for him. How many transfers do you root for anyway when they go somewhere else? Like, I wasn't cheering for Johnny Jazang to go to the the final four. And what's the extent of your cheering, anyways? Like, you got to go buy a Oklahoma State or Kansas State severe Wheeler t shirt as next stop because you want him to do so well. I don't know how the final few months worked out. It was incredibly weird. I know that the senior day stuff. I, I you, it's tough to even do any benefit of the doubt in that regard, but I just the season's over, and it wasn't the season that we were looking for. And I don't think it's drastically different if Severe Wheeler is totally engaged and healthy and happy, or if he's unhealthy, unhappy, and electing to take himself out. I don't think the season changes much in in, in that regard. So I'll wish him the best. I don't know how things unfolded at UK. It seems a little head scratching. Um, but he, it was a it was a misdiagnosis to bring him into the program off the yeah. get go, and, 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 and now that's been remedied, if you will. People will go in their own ways, but I'll wish him the best. I think it's just kind of mean to do anything else. The 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 problem was it wasn't like you can mess up one year. It was bringing him back for a second year, is where like you had to read the writing on the wall and know that this wasn't going to work out. That's where I think that the biggest mistake Cal made, because it's one thing to whiff once, but bringing him back, whew, it just it, it went about as well as I thought. Um, and my, my thing is, TJ, with uh, a lot of this stuff, you know, Severe Wheeler, I always thought he seemed like a good enough kid. Um, but when you play basketball at the University of Kentucky, when you get paid thousands of dollars to play basketball at the University of Kentucky, you're not above criticism. And the player who's going to get criticized the most is the University of Kentucky point guard. You're, you're like the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback to steal that John Fanta uh, comp. But, like, you're going to get criticized a ton, and that that's part of the job. And I think it's silly for anybody to act like that this is some sort of – like, the reason why Severe Wheeler didn't work at Kentucky was because fans were too hard on him. If, if this ever is uh, – 
that's impossible for me. Like that, that should never, no, you either can handle it or you can't like you should never, uh, that, that just whole notion, just especially in the nil era drives me nuts. I, I don't know what it is about that, that, the line of thinking that it's somehow the fans fault. Like this is the university of Kentucky. This is a very difficult job. And if you can't handle it mentally, then you can't handle it mentally. It's not the fans fault. That's, that's, it's your own. Like, so I'm, I'm not going to feel sorry for him because he didn't like the criticism he received while he was at Kentucky, not for anything he did off the court, but it was just because he struggled. He wasn't, he wasn't that good. I, Sadly, like totally agree with you. I wish we could have like a more fun discourse of debate, but I I agree with you that it, it's almost and I don't think some of the mean fans are blameless. Like some of you all are just jerks. Like some of you are jerks. You take it too far, and I, I question how good of people you even are. Or more likely, I think you're just probably naive to like your that words matter, like what you're saying can impact people or what you're saying is being read. I think so many fans just think like, well, I'm just a nobody fan. I can, who cares if I criticize this person? Well, sometimes people see it. This is 2023. It seems like there's this new generation uh, really, really kind of gets attached to words and what people are saying more than others. And, I, and I'm glad that you did say, because it does seem like off the court, severe Wheeler was a fine person, uh, Nothing really personal there. Didn't, you know, wasn't getting in trouble or UK was having to cover up this incident or that incident or anything like that. It seemed like he he conducted himself in a good manner. He told intern Jacob no to pictures several different times. Um, the real thing is intern, intern Jacobs probably feels incredibly validated with the severe Wheeler situation and scenario. And you know what? He was probably right. He was probably... He's probably right about the whole thing. But some people did take it too far. But it's UK. You're a D1 basketball player. Like, the next step up from this is the NBA. The NBA at a high level. It goes NBA at a high level, NBA player. Maybe you throw, like, the G League in above that. And then it's UK level of basketball. Or the level that's at least what we're aiming for. It's some of the best, highest level quality basketball, ideally. In the world, behind, you know, obviously a few professional leagues. You need to be good. And if you're not good, people are going to get upset about you. All the money that you're bringing in, all the nil opportunities that you have, it comes with a little bit of a tax. And the tax is not a cheese tax. Roush, have you heard the cheese tax song? Uh, I have not heard the cheese tax song. The cheese tax. The cheese tax. The facts are the facts. And the is that a Packers a song? song? No, it should be, though. It's a song <laughs> about how anytime this family opens up uh, cheese, they have to give some to their dog as the cheese tax. Oh, I like that idea. My, my dog likes a little pinch of cheese as well. It's a very Straight cute song. Uh, maybe we'll get Scoots to, to play some of it a little bit. But there is a UK tax with this nil, and it's that you're dealing with some crazy folks. You're just dealing with some crazy folks. And we're part of that crazy folk. Like, the fact that we get on every morning at 7 a.m. for two hours to talk U.K. basketball, that's not the norm at other places. There's a few other places that I'm sure have followings and fan bases, but it's a real professional sports feel at U.K. with 18 to 22-year-olds, and some people just aren't built for it. And unfortunately for Severe Wheeler, he just wasn't built for it. If things had gone well and U.K. was winning, 
I think he probably would have been more engaged and involved, and you probably would have seen him around more. Things did not go well, and they weren't winning. And when things aren't going well, people talk, and people get in their own heads. And he just, it apparently, at least from the outside looking in, it seemed like he could not handle everything that came with being a U.K. basketball player. And Roush, the fault really does come back to a year-two campaign. It, 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 Cal will bring guys in that just aren't great fits. It does happen. And it's also not realistic to think that he needs to bat a thousand in terms of getting the right players in that aren't going. He's been here for forever. For the most part, he's actually done really well not having distractions. And I also think, for the most part, he's won a lot, so distractions can take care of themselves in that regard. But the biggest issue here was evaluating severe wheelers one year at UK, stuff that may or may not happen in the locker room. And then sitting down and saying, all right, hey, we got to build this roster for the next season. What are we look? We know Kaysen's going to be good, and we want him to have the ball in his hands from time to time. Are we running back Wheeler, or do we want somebody else? Do we. And ultimately, ultimately Roush, I think what happened was UK in Wheeler's first year said, Tati can knock down shots. Brady's one of the best three point shooters in college basketball. We know Davion Mintz can knock down shots. Keon Brooks is a stretch for. We just need somebody that's going to get him the ball. And so they said, hey, Wheeler's going to work out. And you had some nice moments that first year. And I just, I can't, I'm guessing, obviously. But I think second year, they probably thought, all right, we know Kaysen can score a little bit. We know that CJ has one of the highest percentages as a three-point shooter in college basketball. And then we know Antonio Reeves can get hot and fill it up. And we just need somebody to get these guys the ball. I just I wouldn't have done it again for a second year. Hindsight's always 2020. Um, we talked about this. We talked about some of the locker room stuff this time last year. We debated whether or not it'd be worth bringing him back. And I think ultimately we deferred to like we just don't know the whole situation. But you can't help but look at how everything played out and think that UK chose correctly, that Cal made the correct decision with it all. Uh, and you also can't tell me that if UK had had to go to the transfer portal, bring in another point guard, that things would not have been better for UK when it was all said and done. Of course, easy to do that after the season, easy to do that in reflection. But I agree with you wholeheartedly, Roush. The decision to bring him back for year two, that was that was the one that you just can't mess up. One year, sure, I get it. He led the nation in assists. You needed a leader in the backcourt. You just had Devin Askew, which he just obviously wasn't ready for that moment. You think you're bringing in somebody with conference experience. First year was okay. I mean, you're two seed. That's solid. But you flamed out. And maybe there were some hiccups in the locker room. And then you brought him back and you saw what happened this year, and it was just the, a disaster. Yeah, and I think some of the thought process was, well, if he gets better at shooting, he won't be such a liability in that regard. But – it wasn't even the shoot. He got better at shooting from long range. It was defensively. He couldn't stay in front of anybody. And it, it just, it, it was too costly. It was too costly. Uh, I've uh, made my thoughts and opinions on Severe Wheeler uh, well known. Uh, I've, I've not been a fan of his. Just his play is just not good enough to be a point guard at the University of Kentucky. Maybe a point guard for Tubby Smith. 
who, you, you know, ran a more like, just a different style, right? Like maybe it could work. And you know what? It could have worked as a six man. But to be uh, the guy for John Calipari, he just wasn't good enough. And I think it's clear that you can th – there are certain levels to criticism. Like, I, I'm not going to be a boo guy, but should you be above booing? You get paid now. Like, I, 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 I remember Freddie making that point uh, a couple years back when nil started happening that he was going to be harsher on guys. He was like, I'm just going to. Like, if you're making money, I'm going to be harsher on you. At this point, like, yeah, I don't – I'm not going to – I'm personally not going to boo you. I'm personally not going to, like, tweet at people. I'll tweet about them. If they want to search their name, fine by me. But if you're – like, it, it's, it's kind of all fair game if you're making thousands of dollars to be in a position that people only dream of. Uh, so, I, I, I just – the the and I think the criticism that he received for the most part was fair because Kentucky was better when he wasn't on the court like and it was abundantly clear this season um, and I I just I, I I don't if you're going to like I appreciated that Cal like if you look big picture about like your criticism of John Calipari in season he did a heck of a job adjusting on the fly but you know what he might not have had to coach his ass off so hard if he made the right roster decisions in the preseason right and bringing wheeler back and the some of the uh you know you you look around the kind of the nil landscape and you're like man marcus Carr was playing in the elite eight you could instead of getting him you ended up with wheeler right uh people brought up the marquise noel one a lot no but you weren't going after marquise noel uh but there, there's just a lot of what ifs uh, when you look at point guard play where I think the, the the big picture thing that I'm looking at now, TJ, moving forward, I can't trust Cal to just get like late point guards or point guards from the portal. Like Ashton Hagens was a late flip. I forgot who they missed out on that year, but like he was a late flip. That's why he's going, he, he got DJ uh, and Reed early, but and then now you're seeing him and Rick versus Boogie going up head to head for Boogie Flan. Like, if this is going to work, Cal has to get those guys, or else I just can't. I can't trust um, the late additions at point guard if, because Cal is so reliant on them to do so much for his team. Yeah, the Ashton Hagens one that that was an interesting situation. It, he reclassified. They got him. His role was kind of like, hey, maybe you're not going to have a huge role freshman year, and then he ended up having a bigger role than I think people thought. And he was all right, you know. He had, yeah, it was the year Quade left. Um, had some had which, some nice games. Yeah. I guess if there was going to be an exception, Shea Shade uh, was kind of a Man, a late really flip from Florida. People really do forget Quade did come back for a sophomore year for like a couple months. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, go the whole summer and do all that stuff. Just then to, like, he left once in the, once December. the season started, just to like know <laughs> that you were know that know that you were gone. Uh, what the you, you, you said a lot of good points. What else you got? Um, I just I thought it was funny that I thought okay, good SEO posts will be just all of Calipari's McDonald's All Americans. So I just went through the list, which is now up to forty seven. Uh, people forget Khalil Whitney actually made it 18 games into the season. Uh, 18 yeah. whole games. Yeah. Thought I, it was I, like eight. <laughs> I think that with Calipari and his point guards, so so much of his tenure at Kentucky, and I was the one waving the flag about it, 
I, I was I was so ready and willing and thought it was absolutely what people should do is give him the benefit of the doubt with roster construction. And he unfortunately has just lost that. We can argue if things have been as bad as they seem and, you know, 19 would have been really good and or was really good and 20 could have been really good and 21 stunk and the tournament lost in 2022 wasn't great and it was underachieving in 23. It doesn't matter. I think he's lost a little bit of the benefit of the doubt with roster construction where at least personally, and I probably should have always been doing this anyways, I'm going to look at the additions they bring in, especially from the portal, very critically. Uh, you know, try to try to just think of how instead of why I like it, why it could potentially go wrong, just because he struggled with that. It, the, the, I almost you could make a case that maybe the seasons have been won or lost just based on roster construction before they've even started. I don't think the the twenty two St. Peter's lost season would fall in that category, but you could look at this season and say, all right, well, if these were going to be your guards, you were. That's stuff we talked about too, like. Can we really trust CJ to stay healthy for an entire season? I'm not so sure that you can. Is Antonio Reeves going to be ready to take that next step up? Uh, whether it was Cal, whether Cal thought he wasn't ready or whether he was factually not ready, he wasn't. You didn't really see a ton from Antonio Reeves until January. Uh, so then you put in a ton of pressure on Cason Wallace, a true freshman, and then, of course, Severe Wheeler, somebody who just, uh, you know, mentally, how much was he into it? How much was he not into it? The roster construction probably cost this team before the season even started, and we didn't realize it. So I'm no longer giving him the benefit of the doubt like he deserved early on where it was just, hey, you know he's going to put together a freakishly good roster. It's about when it's going to click for them. That used to be what we said, Roush. Yeah. Now, now it's now it's fair just to say, is he going to be able – is he going to put together a good enough roster? And maybe you chalk this up to like when college basketball landscape changed a little bit with the transfer portal. While we thought he's done a solid job, he very clearly maybe hasn't done as good as a job as we thought. But he just needs, you know, he was the one that would always say Kentucky isn't for everyone. Well, stop bringing in people that aren't ready for Kentucky. Stop. That's on you. And it was your little cowism, and I don't get worked up about things that you say. And I think that quote is totally true. Kentucky is not for everybody. And we've seen it, unfortunately, burn the cats at least two out of the last three th seasons, bringing in people that probably, quote-unquote, weren't for Kentucky. And Kentucky isn't for everyone, specifically these people. So stop doing it. Stop bringing them in because it's costing the team and it's hurting the season. And he's got to do a better job of that this season with the transfer portal and roster construction. But they're not going to be doing a year three a Wheeler. Nobody thought that they would be anyways. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wish him the best. It seems like everybody is convinced he's going to go to the Big 12. Kansas State's the team everybody talks about, which if you're Kansas State, I don't know. Well, like, why are people talking about Kansas State, though? Like, I don't really just know. Just because Marquise Noel was a short point guard and did I, well there? I don't know. When I saw Cal Tucker's tweet about the Big 12, my first thought was like, well, he picked UK over Texas. Oklahoma State. Like, Oklahoma State, when he transferred, he picked UK over Kansas, Oklahoma State, and LSU. And you may think, like, so if he's going to go Big 12, don't you think it may be the Big 12 schools that were runners-up the first time around? But everybody keeps saying Kansas State. So, I, I don't know. I'll trust Kyle Tucker that he's going to be going somewhere in the Big 12. You're right, Roush. Maybe it's going to be a, a, one of the Texas schools, potentially. But I'll wish him the best. What more, you know, I'm not going to send him, like, a gift basket or anything.
No, yeah, uh, no, n- not the old-fashioned way. But you know what? Good luck, Severe. Hope you find a, a team that works for you. I hope you're happy. Um, and um, we, you know, we'll move forward. Hopefully, we'll be happy too. Where are the turtles? Good little office gift basket quote. All right, we're going to take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, Roush is in Lexington for some football conversation. We've got a jump in Thornton's text line that we want to get to as well. Uh, and there's even more basketball stuff to talk about. We were a little bit more centric on Severe Wheeler talk there in segment number one. But it's going to be a fun show. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. KRC will be back after this. Cheese tax, the cheese tax. You gotta pay the cheese tax every time you're cooking. When the cheese comes out, this puppy comes looking. The rules are the rules, and the facts are the facts. And when the cheese drawer opens, you gotta pay the tax. The cheese tax, the cheese tax. Hand it over quick, or things might get ugly. I can get really loud. I'm a really funky puppy. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Hey! Over the turtles now. 70% 70% my butt. Scoots, you're at 110% today, buddy. You're on top of it. We get the cheese tax and we get turtles. Mentally, I'm 100%. Physically, just 70 very impressive stuff. <laughs> Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. As soon as you said that, I was like, I've got to play that. What did you think of the cheese tax song, Scoots? Your first time getting to hear it. It was okay. Yeah, I mean, a little catchy. If if I had, like, a, a child your age, I think I would be a little more into it because they would probably be a little more into it. But, yeah, it's good. It's fine song. Oh, it's about dog. It's about dogs, though. I guess it, I guess, guess it could be about anybody that gets a cheese well, tax. Well, no, I just, I just feel like it's, it's a... Child song though, like it something that would play in, during a commercial break of Paw Patrol or whatever. <laughs> Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. <laughs> Beat there on the double. <laughs> Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio Tuesday edition of the show. T.J. Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here. Nick Roush coming to you from Lexington, where you're going to cover a practice today. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, should be. Should be really exciting. Do you get to see any of it, or is it just going to no, be reactionary? No. Um, Saturday, they're going to open it up. They have not shared details yet. We're still waiting for the deets. Need 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 some deets to share. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not in um, – next week's the last week of spring practice for all intents and purposes. And you know, I'm not saying it's a great, but like, uh, eventually we are going to get to a point where it's just like, what do I, what do I write about? What do I ask about? Mm-hmm. You know, you know how it goes. I'm not there yet, but I can, I can kind of see the the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, so uh, we'll see how it goes today. I already told you yesterday we can pre-write the story. Uh, well, they came with a greater sense of urgency. Blah 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 blah. So um, that that's what's going to happen today. Um, but yeah, so all, all is a little bit quiet on the the football front, at least for uh, a little bit longer. Yeah, and you get that also in the fall camp, which is actually in the summer. But like when you get to like ten days before the game, it's just yeah. okay. You got to play the game. Just yeah. Play the game. We we we're ready to write about a game now. Like we can only say so much about the offense is ready. They're ready to hit another team, play against somebody else, and in the spring. You're, you're going through the same stuff. But you're right. The next chapter in your spring writing is going to be about the nice 
response to, to angry stoops. So, yes, the, the ebbs and flows, they can write themselves at times. Well, and then um, the, the other one, too, is once you get to about mid-October, maybe pr- probably a little bit later, actually, but there's also like a point of, um, you know, like they just quit saying stuff after practice in the middle of the season, too. I mean, it, it's fun during Louisville week. Because you might like you might get Calvin Taylor or somebody random to like talk smack about U of L, but for the most part they just they quit talking then too. But it doesn't really matter because you don't need them to talk. You can just you, you know you can you can talk about the game, the previous game, the next game, uh, till the cows come home. Um, so, uh, but we we just hit those doldrums with some of the spring stuff, and uh, that's the, that's where we're kind of uh, heading towards heading towards. But luckily, there's still plenty of basketball to discuss, and I know. We're going to get Jack on for some takes here in hour two of KRC. But have you, did you follow along with any of the, the press conference quotes yesterday uh, from Media Day, TJ? No. Well, there was a, there was a couple doozies in there. Um, but first off, some of the good. Um, uh, Kyle Tucker was down there and was talking to NBA Scout, and his quote was, it's Ron Holland, DJ Wagner, and Aaron Bradshaw, and then a, a tier of everybody else. And that a year from now, Aaron Bradshaw is going to be the first big picked in the NBA draft. So no, that's that's great to hear. That um, is great to hear. On on the flip side, um, Bradshaw said he 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 could see himself playing some three at UK. Yeah, I used to always tell people, like, they're just talking. They're just talking. They're not going to do that. I feel pretty confident that Bradshaw is not going to play the three at UK. Um, Maybe you'll have, like, a few possessions in, like, November or December where Cal's just kind of being silly and and trying some different stuff. But, no, we won't be an SEC play, and Bradshaw will not be UK's three. I normally would dismiss it with much more gusto, but some later roster moves makes me worried that potentially they're just they 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 will plan on I shouldn't say worried about it either necessarily, but I do think you could see a lot of Bradshaw and Ugo at four and five, and you could have which, Bradshaw play like the true play a true four, which I, I gotta you know I gotta see it before I bash it, right? I see here here's here's the weird part. We're at a very like Kentucky fans are very much like, ah, you can't play big people and shoot mid-range shots. Ah. Here's the thing though. It's like what Bradshaw's best at. So I'm more of so of like, you know what? I, I'm for you playing facing the basket. I, I'm actually I'm actually more pro what Bradshaw's saying than what I think is gonna happen when he gets here, and that's Cal's gonna put his back to the basket. I I worry about that. Almost as as much as as anything because I like, like I don't like think, I, I I don't think so I, I think you, I think Bradshaw will be used appropriately for his skill set because because um, we it, it's only just because Scal you know now granted that was ten years ago but Scal was square pegging around hole when Cal was trying to get him to face the basket uh, or excuse me put his back to the basket Carl Towns was much better facing the basket than he was with his back to it and he kind of did the opposite at UK. Uh, kind of similar with Bam, so that's that's the part. I I know that's old precedent, um, but I, I just I want Bradshaw's strengths to be utilized as much as possible 
um, while he's at UK? I think I think that they probably will. I think you just okay. can't help but see the way he shoots the ball and know that, all right, you'd need to probably get him away from the basket. I could see them trying to just make sure, hey, if you got somebody smaller on you, you've got such nice touch, get on the get on the get on the block and just turn around and shoot over top of them. So you'll want to add like a post move to his game. It just it will help in his development. They're going to have a hook shot several months. Yeah, you want to try a little bit of that, but the the main way you use Bradshaw is you let him float, you let him shoot, he spreads the floor, he stretches the floor and things don't get so clogged down in the paint with your explosive athletic guards who, uh, you know, the, the whole Rob Dillingham situation, that's that's who I'm most excited, I think, to ask a few questions to Jack. Of course, Rob wasn't in Houston with the Final Four team, or with the Final Four team, with the McDonald's All-American group. The Final Four is also down there this weekend. But it seems like it's a really close group, too. Like, it seems like they all like each other. They're saying all the right things. They're hanging out. They're taking the pictures together. Definitely has like an older Calipari feel mm-hmm. to it. It's true. But you can't help but notice that Dillingham's not there. He's not involved in all the fun and shenanigans and laughing and all that good stuff. And he's also the one that there's rumors around that will he be a part of the team? Will he ever even make it to UK? Will he ever play a game in the blue and white? I'm a little surprised that we've had these rumors now for a few days, Roush. Really, people have been talking about it for months and months and months and well, months. But it's, it's heated up over the last few days. I'm a little surprised that you just haven't heard anything. Like, UK is, met, well, is meeting with Dillingham or anything like that. So, and, and that's that's what I, the part that is a little frustrating to me because I don't think anything's happened. We just have time to discuss it, <laughs> you know? like And they're down at the McDonald's game now. He's not there. So, like, because, I mean, Jack first alluded to Dillingham maybe not showing up. I mean, was that mid-January? Early February? Like, I don't think anything has changed. Um, It's just that now we have an opportunity to talk about it. Um, And I will say, uh, my former ex-boss said last night that he's – he has more – like, people at UK are at least expecting – like, they're – they're expecting uh, – I don't think that was the way he referred to it, but basically any sort of chatter of Dillingham not showing up, like if the folks around UK are, are kind of surprised that this is happening again, um, that this is coming up, and they expect him to show up. So at least that that's kind of a positive sign. I I think just a lot of where this stems from with Dillingham is this – he's in such a – this is brand new, right? I mean, every other person that's been to OTE has has any of them gone to college yet, or is it all straight to the G League from there? I think maybe one went to a two way college. Not many, not many, that's, if any. And it's it's so it's such a weird thing. And then the I think the biggest knock on Dillingham was the biggest knock on Brandon Miller was he worried about his motor? Is he going to give it at all? But it's like. Dude, he's playing fake games in this like made up overtime league. Like, so like I'm not going to punish him for just going and getting the bag for a year. It's just there's there's a lot of there's a lot of unknown and uncertainty when dealing with this new situation. But I think the one good thing though is TJ is uh, you you have at least some insurance policy baked in there uh, to where it's kind of. Yeah, when, when they're looking for roster building, I still want them to go get another guard. But when you're bringing Reeves back, uh, you've got DJ, 
You got Reed, who they're expecting things from. It's not like, all right, you have to have C.J. Frederick be a like a decent contributor, right? Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think that – I think they have enough insurance around him where if Dillingham isn't a home run that they can, they can with, withstand those body blows, if you will. Yeah, if you have DJ, Dillingham, Reeves, Shepard, am I missing one more guard? I think I think that's it. Brennan Canada, possibly. If you have those four guards. And Justin Edwards at a wing. You know. Edwards at a wing where he can have the ball in his hands. Would he play point in a pinch? Probably not, but probably not impossible with that dude. He's an absolute freak. He'd be a fourth um, option there, so right, that, like, behind DJ, Reeves, and, and, and Reed. Yeah. And then ideally, you know, CJ would 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 want to come back. I, I think the pitch to him is, hey, come back, get healthy. I think, you know, just in full honesty and disclosure, your role is going to be dependent on your health. But if you're healthy, we're going to put you in there because we like threes. We're, and you can't really shoot any worse than you did this past season. So let's, <laughs> let's end this thing right in a Kentucky jersey. Come back. How many minutes you're going to get, we'll figure it out. I'm not just going to keep you on the bench permanently if you're healthy. You're going to get some clock here or there. You're an experienced player. And then if you get that and you have six people that can somewhat take care of the ball, and again, CJ's not going to be a point guard, shouldn't be relied on that way. Justin Edwards shouldn't be a point guard, shouldn't be relied on that way. But six people that can handle the ball, shoot the ball, be out on the perimeter, do different things, I would feel safe. I would feel safe with that. I, I think I'm so too. It, by the way, I'm taking a different approach with everything this year. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like overly bullish and optimistic. I'm gonna look at DJ Wagner and say, I love what he's doing, but will he be able to do that against 22 year olds? College basketball is older. Will he be able to do the stuff that he's doing that looks so awesome, by the way? I don't think anybody I mean, yeah, has, yeah. He's, he's got that dog in him, man. Yeah. I don't think anybody in the McDonald's has had a better week. I think he's one of the best guards ever. And that's one another thing, Roush. I know in this instance, like Bradshaw's going up against his high school teammates. DJ Wagner's going up against people in his high school class. That's why one. That's why when and Jack may say this, he probably will because all of them say this. All the recruiting analysts say this, and they cover it more than I do about how it's a weak class. Like I don't care if it's a weak class, quote unquote. I, I want I want these players to pass my eye test of like, can they hit contested shots? Can they hit open shots? Um, and they and so far from just the videos and the scrimmage from the McDonald's All-American game, all four of them, like I don't care in the slightest if this class they're going up against wouldn't beat the sophomore class of 2018. Like, I, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, the stuff that I'm seeing out of them, I like. Now, it is fair to question how it does translate over to grown adults and older people in the college game. But, gosh, Wagner just looks tough. Bradshaw's shot looks good. Edwards will be fine. You don't have every single mock draft just going crazy about that dude for any other reason. And then Shepard is going to be the ultimate teammate, a great compliment, and somebody that just absolutely is driven by winning. Uh, that's going to be fun to have. So it seems like it's a good group. Get Reeves back with them. I just want the, the sure thing with the shooting. I'd love to have CJ back for one more run. And then if that's UK's backcourt, I can put a stamp on that and I think feel pretty good about it. Not that I don't think some of the freshmen will have their struggles. That's when maybe you want to rely a little bit on an Antonio Reeves to get you through some of those slumps. But Roush, I, I would, I can put the TJ seal of approval on that. 
Is that a... Scooch, was that a seal noise? <laughs> nice try, Terry. That yeah, wasn't me. Nice try. When we come back, <laughs> we're going to turn our attention to Scooch. He's going to break down a pretty wild day in the NFL yesterday, Roush. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to the Scoots analysis, and I'm looking forward to the Thornton's text line. We got some tasty mm-hmm. takes oh, over yeah. there. 502-414-1450 is the number. Uh, it's going to be fun hour number two. It will be. We'll also have Jack Pilgrim on, as we've mentioned now several times. You won't want to go anywhere. This is KRC, and we've got a whole another hour coming up next. Hold on to your butts. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Spring around the corner. You want to be styling in your Shady Ray sunglasses. Polarized sunglasses at an affordable price. And uh, I was... For sure, yesterday when I picked up the daughter, I had sunglasses on my head. I had my Shady Rays on my head. And, Ralph, she just had to have them in her hand. Um, mm-hmm. She's going to cry if she couldn't have them in her hand. So I let her have her in her hand. She instantly starts to try to put them on, but she's actually kind of just almost poking herself in the eye with the sunglasses. I take them away. She throws a huge fit. We do it again. I say, all right, you know what? Be careful. Don't poke your eye. And I give them to her. And I look back as I'm driving, and she is just, like, trying to rip these things as far apart as possible. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? Thank goodness I can allow my daughter to play with my Shady Rays with confidence because I know about the replacement pair promise. If she had snapped the sunglasses, they had broken, She, if she knocked out a lens or something like that, I was going to get that exact same order that I had already placed, and that was an order I think I'd placed a long time ago, if I'm not mistaken. I'd get it right back. You pay a small processing fee, boom, you check your mail just a few days later, and your order's sent to you again as if it's just brand spanking new. Luckily, they never did break, uh, so I can I can put a pause on the replacement pair order for now. But Shady Rays just does so many different great deals. 30-day money-back guarantee as well, so if you get them, you don't like them, there's no processing fee there. You just get your... You get your full return there on the sunglasses. And then promo code BIGX for 25% off. And each and every time you buy at Shady Rays, you are helping feed hungry folks in our country, in the United States. So go to ShadyRays.com, save yourself 25% off, help other folks, and get yourself the best sunglasses on the market with a Kentucky-based company. This is ShadyRays.com, promo code BIGX, 25% off. All right. Will Lamar Jackson be taking 25% off? Mm, many people are wondering, Scoots, where's he going to go? Scoots, where's he going to go? Um, the favorite is Indy, but I don't think he goes to Indy. I just I, That just doesn't seem like a good fit. Although, I feel like it would be really good for this area and for the Colts as a whole. I'm still, I don't know, I hate to agree with Trevor, but I still think Atlanta's the spot. Hmm. The ATL. Yeah. Is it, isn't he from there? 
No. Oh, he's from Florida. Like Miami. So okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Atlanta just seems like the likely landing spot. So if you missed it yesterday, Lamar put on Twitter that he, on March 2nd, requested a trade from the Ravens because they weren't going to meet his value. Um, and he talked about how much he wants to be a good team player and win Super Bowls despite taking up an entire team's entire salary cap. Uh, only kidding. He, he should he, he should try to get what he's owed, and it's also not mutually exclusive that a player wants to get a lot of money and win a Super Bowl as well. But I'm, I'm just giving Lamar a little bit of a hard time. The Ravens were doing a press conference. Oh, like, see, that's yeah. that's the part that I love in all of this. Like he he said that he told the Ravens March second he wanted a trade, and he waited until they were at the owners' meetings having a press conference to roll out these tweets. I didn't. The one thing I didn't follow up on did Harbaugh actually get asked about that? Yes, oh. pretty sure. And he's got to just think about it on the fly. Because I'm sure he was expecting some Lamar stuff to come out or to have to answer Lamar's questions regard uh, questions about him regardless. But having that drop while you're in the middle of talking, whew, he, yikes. Yeah, and then I think the GM or the president or somebody came out later and was like, we we still look forward to working with Lamar. We still, we still are expecting him to be a Raven. So who knows how it's all going to unfold there. But there are thousands of U of L fans in this city, Roush, that their NFL fandom is hanging ever so delicately in the balance. Where will they be fans of next? There's a little bit of an excitement to that. Like when you were picking your NFL team a few years ago, yeah. now you have just tens of thousands of U of L fans doing that with their NFL team. <laughs> I'll just tell them, I'll say this to the, the, those U of L folks if Lamar goes to the Colts, you guys are going to look good in blue and white. <laughs> you all are going to look good in blue and white. Oh, man. oh, you know what? Now that you said that, I'm taking the Colts. That would <laughs> just because that would be freaking hilarious. Oh man, I want that, and I want Will Levis to go to the Ravens. Oh gosh, I and really, I want Will Levis to go to the Ravens and then just win a Super Bowl there. And man, the amount of uh, next level trash talking we would be doing. Whew. Mwah, chef's kiss. It would be so much fun. I just can't wait. Need to see it happen. Are we still going to have Ravens games in the areas? Is that like a contract they're already bought into? It's got to be. It better be. How Will Levis. How stupid would that Baltimore be? Baltimore Ravens. Here on your local airwaves in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> oh, man. I need it. I need it really bad. And then the Packers came out yesterday and they were like, yeah, we, we tried to get in touch with Aaron Rodgers multiple times, and he did not get back to us. So they were like, when he says that he, when he came out of the darkness and the mood had changed, that's factually untrue because we didn't get to talk to him before or after. <laughs> so they basically came out and they was like, yeah, he, he he's kind of full of it with the lack of communication stuff again because we reached out to him directly. He wouldn't answer. We reached out to his representation. They wouldn't get back to us. And all they said is that he wants to get traded to the Jets. So they are working on that. Green Bay did say that it's not like a break. It's not a deal or no deal regarding the first round pick, which yeah, mm. make it that way. Like make it that way. Get the first yeah. round pick, you goobers. But uh, yeah, so interesting quarterback drama with yesterday. 
I've got a buddy who's convinced that like Aaron Rodgers just hates that Lamar Jackson's getting more hype and that he's probably right. Like it's probably true that that does bother Aaron Rodgers. That being said though, like there's a lot more mystery with Lamar. He could go to a, a handful of places. There could even be a mystery place out there potentially where Aaron Rodgers going to Green Bay. It's just what's Green Bay going to get in return? Or Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. What's Green Bay getting from New York in return is the only thing left to be determined there. But uh, wild offseason so far in the NFL, and we haven't even made it to the draft yet. Haven't even made it to the draft. Uh, we also haven't made it to the Thornton's Tech Challenge. Should we, should we make our way over there? We should. Remember, Thornton's, you can get an 89-cent 32-ounce drink. That's just an insane amount of, <laughs> uh, of liquid. For 89 cents. Who said the penny's dead, Scoots? Who said it? Nobody. I've, I've never heard that. But people mm. have said that. But, Do they? Uh, Not me, said the flea. I mean, it would yeah. make life a lot easier if we didn't have pennies. But neither here nor there. Your, how would your life be a lot easier without pennies? No, you wouldn't. You just swimming in pennies? Easier. You wouldn't have to count pennies. It's not, it, it wouldn't. Okay, I mean, a lot easier is maybe a little egregious. But it would be easier. Scoots opens his car door and just millions of pennies come out. <laughs> He's like, you guys don't know what I deal with every day. It's nonstop pennies. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line, picking up where we left off yesterday, says, is Drew Timmy a better than good college basketball player? Yes. Is it annoying to watch college basketball big Jays fawn over and meat ride him and act like college basketball is really going to miss him? Yes. In 10 years, will I remember the little kid from Kansas State and his wild run more than I will remember Drew Timmy as a whole career? And they didn't answer that one. Oh, they just, he just said that he will remember him. And I think you're a liar, Texter. You're the lyingest liar that ever lied because Marquise Noel was not a villain. Like, you remember the villains more than you remember the heroes. That's, that's kind of how this sport works. Drew Timmy was a great villain for Gonzaga because he just played – like he he was everything you wanted to loathe about them, where you know doesn't play great defense, but it doesn't matter because he is he's just the big fundamental for a program that plays in a no name conference but wins a ton of games and goes to Final Fours. Like he 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 helped Mark Few get over the hump and get to the Final Four, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, no, he was after that Karnowski team, but he still went to I want to say two, right? And he did it by being very obnoxious. Your hatred fuels the legacy of Drew Timmy. So I, I'm kind of with you, but at the same time, I, like, I did appreciate that his swan song in the Sweet 16, his final great performance was uh, an outstanding one in a thrilling game against uh, UCLA. That, that, was, that was a lot of fun for him to, to go out on. I, I don't really like understand the Drew Timmy hate. Early on, the Drew Timmy hate was like, all right, who's this white dude in the Pacific Northwest that's putting up big numbers, has an annoying mustache, and is pretty animated with his play. And people got to know Drew Timmy. I think a lot of people just thought like, well, he doesn't play anybody in their crappy conference. He's not good. But then he did it another year, and then he did it another year for another a total – of four years of putting up big numbers, three of those four years he averaged over 18 points per game, seven rebounds per game. You can say what you want about the conference, but Gonzaga regularly schedules the out-of-conference as tough as anybody. And it'd be another thing if he didn't do it in March. He went past the second weekend, 
I think every single year, maybe yep. there was one exception to that. Obviously, they had the national championship it's, it's, game it's where they were looking game. to complete the the undefeated season. Like the dude is a great, great college basketball player. College basketball was more fun having players like Drew Timmy involved. He seemed like a decent enough kid off the court, decent enough human off the court. He's not a kid anymore. He's a grown man. But I, I don't really totally understand the Drew Timmy hate. I think some people think he was just overrated, but I don't know how you can say that. He he did it constantly, and he did it against great competition on top of it. He is one of the top 100 college basketball players of all time. I don't think it's that hot of a take. I don't think it's that hot of a take either. Um, I, I just think it's more of a hatred of Gonzaga, and he gets the secondhand hate from it, you know? Uh, yeah, and just goof, kind of goofy white guy. There, yeah. There's some natural fun poking that goes on there in a situation like that. And then I, I, I tell you know, I, I tweeted this at, at Shrebel, and we like Shrebel, but name name the hundred better players. I'll, I'll wait. You name the one hundred better players in the history of college basketball, and then we can we can I go mean, through it. Well, the stat that the other night he had 10 20 plus point games in NCAA tournament history. That's, <laughs> That's nuts. That's that's crazy. Like that that, that alone crazy. puts you um, in a, in a pantheon of players that it's, it's hard to compete with. Hard to compete with. But he's a big white guy who plays hard, and like you're either going to love him or hate him. Like it's like Tyler Hansborough. You just love him or hate him. Like they're, 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 that's just they draw a lot of ire from folks, and I, I get it. Um, but you know what? I, I he's been around so long that I went from hating him to like okay. All right, I'm I'm good with this guy. You know, kind of went full circle for me. Yeah, no, I, I was the I was the same way. So it was tw- ten games over twenty points in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, ten ten games of twenty points or more. The record previously was nine, and Bill Bradley of Princeton was one of them. <laughs> so you, you'd have to go back to 2013 since U of L has played ten tournament games. Wow. Think about that. God, that's who. Even further for Indiana. It's crazy. Kentucky, I think you got to go back to 18, which is like too far, you know? Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. That is, that is, that is nuts. Another texter says, Alex from Colga here. Remember that time we were running, we were in the running for Marcus Carr and passed on him. Saw in the wound of recent struggle. I don't think Kentucky was ever actually like in the running, but I think they probably should have been more involved than they actually were. Um, and it was, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out. U of L thought they were going to get Marcus Carr. Uh, I really liked the 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 possibility of a Marcus Carr addition, but it didn't come to fruition, and the rest was history. Unfortunately, Alex from Colga. Oh, and he's back again. Yeah, Alex from Colga back this morning to acknowledge my previous text. Age like milk. Just a reminder that the tournament's wild, and just when I think I know what's about to happen, the opposite happens, except with Kentucky losing, of course. The opposite, in fact, did not happen in that case. <laughs> oh, this is good. Just made me chuckle. Self-deprecation goes a long way this time of year. Um, John here. Good morning, everyone. Wow, a 23. That has to rank up there as one of the highest command seed totals of teams in the Final Four. Uh, I wonder what... Maybe Scoots, you can check and see if that Butler VCU one. See, see if there was. Uh, it was more twenty three. I think it was it twenty. Was I think it was twenty seven. Okay. Yeah, it would have been. I think Butler or VCU was an eleven. Butler, I think, was a nine or an eight. Yeah. 
Kentucky a five, and was UConn a three that or four? Was UConn a three that year? We were either a three or a four. UConn had to be a three because there's never been a Final Four without a three seed before this year. I think there's been a Final Four without a three seed. No, that's what they. That's some of without those... a one, two, or three seed. Okay. Yeah, there, there you go. go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and that say. that would have fit the parameters. Okay. I think there's been a Final Four without a three seed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bad. Uh, John says this tournament has been unpredictable most of the time. That is a good thing. However. This Final Four in the NCAA tournament in general are just missing that big powerhouse name. Can't have some Davids without some true Goliaths, but hey, it's college basketball, and we've grown accustomed to this season. Hopefully next year we will have some true superheroes and villains to make the Final Four, like the Cats, Duke, and North Carolina. By gosh, sprinkle on the Hoosiers, and that would be better than three out of the four we have this year. The only honorable mention is UConn. At least they have a championship pedigree you usually see in a Final Four. you all agree with that take on the NCAA tournament? Well, got to go. Talk to you later. No. I don't think it's a very t- strong take, John. Um, ha- ha- having ha- having one big name, it does it, it's good enough for me, unless we just get duddy games uh, in the Final Four. Like if they both the the I I sp- two games in particular stand out in the Final Four that just make me hate the teams even more. That's Buddy Hield at Oklahoma and Dwayne Wade at Marquette because they just got their asses kicked and it pissed me off. Especially the Dwayne Wade, Tom Cream, Marquette one. Because Kentucky was so good that year. Freaking Keith Bogans gets hurt. And then they go and get embarrassed. I mean, they were down by like 25 points to Texas in the first half. That was – was it was it Texas that year or Kansas? I don't remember. It was uh, – I think it might, it might have actually been Kansas. But nevertheless, they were getting beaten like a drum. And it was embarrassing. And I just was disgusted. And actually it was Texas because they lost to Syracuse in the championship game the next uh, – the following day. So, but nevertheless, just uh, – I, I I just – I don't want that to happen because um, to your point, John, for me, a lot of it is less about uh, the, the – like I, I – while I do like some name brands, if the if the games are high quality, um, then I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. My thing is, is we've got three out of the four that have never won a championship, and that's really, really cool if one of them is able to get it done. I don't want to see the same teams win every year. Sprinkle in some surprises here and there, and that's what we got this year. I love it. Uh, First and foremost, I just want good games, exciting finishes, so what teams provide those, that's what I want the most. And then secondly, John, totally disagree. Uh, this is this is the final four for me. Honestly, I, I would prefer UConn not be there, and I'd prefer Miami beat them. But I, I get a little anxious sometimes when I think about UK's history being impeded on, if you yes. will, whether yes. it's wins or tournament wins or the national championship race. Uh, so when you can get those competitions of UK's on program level out of the tournament, I get excited about that. So. You have that mostly in this Final Four. If UConn gets another title, it will be crazy. What would that be, five titles since 99? Uh, yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, That's yeah. incredible. That, and, that, and, is, that is incredible. And that's why, like, I know it's been a while since UConn's been good. We can't forget. Like, this is, if they win it again, it'll be a bunch of bull crap because three of them will happen, like, just with, with – uh, okay, I'm, I'm getting a little worked up here. But three of those titles, like it was Sweden the other night, would have just been like the 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 floodgates completely opening. 
you know, like, it, it, I just getting I mean, hot I mean, at the right time, you know? I don't, I don't really agree. Like, I, I mean, I agree with getting hot at the right time, but, like, that's what the tournament's about. And secondly, they've had to beat some good teams oh, to get this Final Four. And they, they've had to beat the highest seeds possible in this run. That, so that's not to be mistaken. It's just there's something about UConn that they aren't hated. Like, they don't draw and drive as much vitriol because when they've had these runs, it's usually with uh, Shabazz or Kimba. We like this fun team that's fun to get behind that. They aren't the highest ranked. But they're still freaking UConn, right? Like, let's not let's not get it twisted. They are UConn. They are bad guys, and we do not need them winning more championships. I, I I'm I'm for it. I'm not rooting for them to win, uh, but I am happy that it's not like the UNC's, the Dukes, the Kansas Final Fours like we had the year before. Uh, another texter says, "So, just what all we expected? Miami and seventy-three-year-old Larinaga will win it all." I mean, I, how for it? Larinaga, what a coach. Like People forget that uh, Oscar Shibway picked UK over Miami when transferring from West Virginia. It's true. It's my, true. My mom texted me before the Indiana-Miami game, and she was like, who's this guy that looks like Opa? Look, Jim Larinaga looks just like my Opa, and ever since my mom sent that, I can't unsee it. So I'm going for oh, Miami cool. as well. Wow, go Opa. That's right. The, the Larinaga, with- nice German last name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean George Mason in Miami to the Final Four. What a <laughs> you know? that is incredible. God, like, hey, Larinaga, go go somewhere else and join Cal and Patino. I mean, get lost, pal. It wouldn't be like Shaka. If Shaka does it at Marquette, that would be close, right? Like VCU and 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 Marquette to a Final Four, and then to not do it at Texas would be hilarious. But right now, Larry Nagat feels like he's in a club uh, of his own. And to do it, he's looked like a 73-year-old man for 30 years. Uh, but, I mean, he just, just keeps on coaching, man. Good for him. Good that for him. And, says, and also, and I, would, I wouldn't put Marquette in the Miami sphere, but I know what you mean. Right, right. Just kind of a random schools, you know. Yeah. Texter says, shout out to Southern Indiana monster truck driver Roger Gager? Gager, which that's a great name for a monster truck driver. He Gager. just got promoted to Bigfoot. Wow. wow. Congrats, so Roger. that does, uh, I think, lend a little credence to like you get promoted to the the big name cars. And that makes sense. Like the you, you want to ride. Everybody wants to drive the cool monster trucks and you can't have all be Bigfoot or Gravedigger. You know, you got to have some of these lower level guys. So shout out to Roger Gager. I would like to meet Roger Gager and learn how he got in the monster truck driving business. Because that that strikes me as a job that's kind of like uh, being a college uh, play-by-play commentator where you don't want – like there's only so many of those jobs, and it's going to be very difficult to crack that niche. But once you do, I'm sure you're you're, going to stay in that for as long as you possibly can. That has potential for a fun summertime interview. Maybe I could set that up. Yeah, just go find us Roger Gager, Scoots. Scoots, why don't you tell all the KRC listeners how much money you've racked up in our Get a Guess, Get Money initiative? Um, Let me think. Math is not really my strong suit. Uh, Zero dollars. Zero dollars. (laughs) Zero. Zero dollars. Well, you're rolling in it, buddy. Uh, Ever since you won that bet with Trevor, you didn't care about the money. I had a a good guest that I was going to try to get for your birthday, 
Um, but your birthday just got here too quick. No, yeah. <laughs> the days in advance, they, they do sneak up on you. A texture says, looks like on KSR, they're not changing the alternate, the alternating shades of grass on the new turf. What a shame. The administration dropping the ball once again with the aesthetics. Our home basketball court and football field should look much better for a high Division One university. Thoughts? Oh, that's alternating shades of grass are my favorite kind of turfs. So um, I could not disagree with you more, Texture. Love the alternating grass. Um, if anything, I would just, you know, maybe church up the midfield logo a little bit more. Like that, it's just a little plain Jane for my taste. The the basketball court is a joke. That's yeah. got to change immediately. I don't mind. I like the alternating shades in on real grass, real, real field, real. I think it looks amazing. I think it can look good on turf too. I'm not against it. My issue was it just like it wore horribly. Um, as the you can as, see the black pellets. Yeah, seemingly especially, especially on the lighter shaded green one. So I, that's my only concern is it's probably going to age bad again, and in four years the field won't look all that great again. Midfield logo, I'm okay with. I know some people want the UK logo to go from the 40 to 40 and make it bigger. Right now, it just goes from it's just 10 yards. Um, they want it to be 20 yards. I don't know. I kind of like Which, I, I like the subtleness of it. I just miss the real field. I want real grass again. I miss real, that more than anything else. And I think the reason why people miss them that is because the power K was from. I mean, it took up half the field. It went from the Super. 25 to the 25. It was enormous. It was. It was. If you weren't awesome, on the power though. K. You were in the red zone. <laughs> It's awesome. Uh, but, I, you know, of all of it, it just – of all of the, the things we saw from those renderings that uh, John Hale uh, obtained, just seeing the facility, the indoor, with a full 120 yards, it's like, oh, so we're not going to have to deal with running full speed, catching a pass on the sidelines, and immediately being on a turf. Like, there's, there's going to be some room to operate over there. That's what they need more so than anything – um, and, and also just like to update that turf in there. Cause that that's where they need it as much as anything. Like why, up at this point, if they're inside, they don't, they don't even put their quarterbacks under center because it's such a, it can be so hazardous. So yeah, time, time to get that time, time to make it happen. Uh, and, and we'll see that soon enough changes coming to the new facilities. Texture says, Justin Edwards sure is making a lot of jump shots in that practice clip. Another person says, Roush, is it true the, re- the, the receivers were pooped during pro day? Saw some people saying they didn't help Levis at all. Well, I, I think the if they were – they would help – They okay, how do I put this? If they were awesome, it would make actually Levis look worse because one of the things that they're going off of is in 2022 is this line of thinking that he struggled because his receivers weren't as good, which is, in fact, a false narrative. They were just young. But – no, I, his, I don't think his receivers had anything to do with his pro day. Texter says... Going with some wobbly balls. More I fun. know it's only doom and gloom rumors at this point, but I'd like to hear about the staff visiting Dillingham soon. Yeah, what I agree. I ha- think it's kind of weird there hasn't been that. I mean, what would, what would a visit do? Like, him's coming to Qatar. Like, what would them showing up? Like, are they going to act like he's going somewhere else? Like, I... Well, you got a lot of rumors, and usually coaches keep tabs and keep up with their commitments and people that they want. So I think it just make people feel a little better if you heard that, like, yeah, they they went by, they stopped, they they went and watched them work out, and blah blah blah. 
Like having a picture of Antigua with Dillingham, I'm sure would make people happy, but I just still like, for me, it's like, what's the, is the alternative? Is it going to actually, does it, it just seems like a meaningless symbol to me. I, I guess that's where I'm coming from. Probably so because it doesn't matter until he gets actually on campus, really doesn't matter until he plays a game. But I think in, in the midst of all these rumors, just to have, hey, no, UK still talking with them, hanging out with them, chatting with them. Would they be putting in this much time if it wasn't going to work out? Which, of course, you could look at some other examples and be like, yeah, probably. I mean, that's what they get paid to do. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree with the texter. Another texter says, I can't deal with Collins and Ugo both leaving. Would leave a huge hole at the five. Keeping Ugo is extremely important for this upcoming season. I don't think he's going anywhere. I'm I'm kind of in that that same boat as well. How about how about we just call Jack and see what he has to say about all this stuff? Yeah, it's a great segue. We're gonna take our last break. We'll come back. We'll call Jack and we'll get his take on all this stuff because he knows it better than we do. We'll ask other recruiting questions, transfer portal, and McDonald's All American goodies. Jack Pilgrim joining us next on Kentucky Roll Call when we return on Big X Sports Radio. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Post game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it. Well, we're back. One final segment of Kentucky Roll Call on your Tuesday morning. You're listening, texting into the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450. And do not forget for lunch today, it's Taco Tuesday, Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville, delicious, yummy tacos. Middletown, it has a drive through out there on Shelbyville Road. And also in St. Matthews, you can get delicious Mexican fresh food either place. Download the Salsaritas app. Save yourself time and money and take your Taco Tuesday to the top at Salsaritas. And uh, we had some KRC listeners order order some Salsaritas catering for their work function. And they even gave, they even said that they had heard Kentucky Roll Call in the mornings on Big X. So shout out to them. Yeah. Shout out Masonic Home. Woohoo! Yeah, Masonic Home, my favorite home. And you can also get Salsaritas catering for your party. No party too big, no party too small. It could be a work function, could be a graduation party, a rehearsal dinner, whatever you're thinking, Salsaritas, let them cook, let them clean, let them take care of all the mess. All right, joining us now, I've been excited to talk to him. We've got Jack Pilgrim from KentuckySportsRadio.com and Sources Said Podcast. Jack, how are you? I, I want some Salsaritas now. Thanks a lot. Yeah, you're probably pretty hungry. I imagine you can get some decent Mexican food in Houston. When are you are you staying for the game, or are you coming back? Oh goodness, no, no. My my flight's at like noon. I'll be home by three o'clock. I got a nice little direct back to Louisville, and uh, I'll be com- uh, covering it from the comfort of my my own couch. I'm glad I'm glad that people don't <laughs> people don't cover the game. The game's so dumb. It's such like to get people to stay. You don't have the right formula with how they have it currently set up. Yeah, and I think they uh, have a halftime performance of Don Tolliver, which I, you know, usually they've had 
Migos in the past and Lil Baby and different artists. And uh, Don Tolliver was this year's uh, halftime performance. And, uh, you know, I'm a fan of the, from what I know of him, but uh, certainly not the individual to make me go, you know, I want to extend my stay in, in Houston where everything is 30 minutes apart from one another. It is the most inconvenient city I've ever traveled to. and uh, but, but at least I can get three songs from an artist I've barely heard of. <laughs> You're talking I, I, me up to somebody that Roush can relate to, somebody that's covered these things before. Yeah, I've never well, covered it. I got, though. I got ludicrous in Atlanta, so I felt like I really cashed in big. I don't, I don't think we can do any bigger than that. But you, you did get to see the the goods up close in person at the practices, which we all know are the. Which I I don't know why they can't just make the game competitive. I don't know why they decide like we're going to be competitive during practice, but not during the game. That's never here nor there. Um, but you've you've seen every one of these future Wildcats play multiple times, Jack. Was there anything that might have been maybe a pleasant surprise uh, now that this is kind of their their last hurrah before we we get them uh, up in Lexington here in a couple months? Yeah, I think Aaron Bradshaw actually being a stretch big, uh, and, you know, and not being a fluke, uh, trendy thing that everybody just kind of falls in love with because he's capable uh, of knocking down jump shots. But no, that's like actually uh, the key part of his game. And, and probably if you're going to unlock the best version of, of him, he has to be that type of player. Um, and, and I think that's something NBA people that I've talked to down here uh, were, were very, I mean, just kind of blown away by. I thought that there, there wasn't some any individual person that helped his his own personal stock more than Aaron Bradshaw just because he he truly is uh, a face-up kind of unicorn of sorts I know he had that that ridiculous quote where he said that he might be a three next year at Kentucky god I hope not but uh, it, there's a reason for that and why Cal talks about him you know defending guards and being kind of that Willie Cauley-Stein defender while also being able to step out and knock down jump shots so uh, yeah yeah there was an NBA guy that told me last night there wasn't a, a single person that helped his individual stock more than Aaron Bradshaw this week. And a big part of that is because he can knock down some shots. I, I think it's, for me, you would put, you gonna just down low and you'd let Aaron just kind of float if need be. How could, how do you see those two meshing together? If that is UK's front court next year? Yeah, that, that's a big if, um, Still very not convinced about that unfolding, but uh, if that is the way it unfolds, and that's definitely the way Kentucky wants it, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. I think uh, Ugo gives you a defensive presence that Kentucky just simply did not have uh, on the floor this year. He's, he's truly an elite shot blocker, and uh, his defensive instincts allow, I think, the guards to take more chances, and, and you know, Justin Edwards is definitely a super active guy in the passing lane, DJ likes to get up in your grill and, and, and take chances and try to force steals and, and convert them to transition op- opportunities the other way. And a big reason why it's going to be so successful next year is because you have that safety valve down low with Ugo, and, and that would definitely be uh, ideal with Aaron Bradshaw kind of being in that rangy face-up four spot where he catches it 17, 18 feet away from the basket, maybe 19, 20, uh, and, and launch some threes. But, but yeah, that's in an ideal world, that's probably how it would unfold I, I didn't like jack's hesitation there TJ. nobody did nobody did. No, I already got nobody, a text nobody about it. It. Uh, already got a text message about it what is how could uk lose this dude that cal's been talking up so long and you got a kingsley is it simply because maybe he didn't actually give him the minutes and 
Is it a nil deal elsewhere? Is it a promise elsewhere? I, I would like just from an outsider's perspective, just the, the connecting the dots to all this. This would be a ginormous loss for UK, and it doesn't. It wouldn't be one that really makes sense for me. So, can you explain more about where how UK's found themselves in this spot that they could be missing their big their big potential big to the transfer portal? Their big potential transfer transfer big. Well, unfortunately, the exact quote I got was uh, Ugana doesn't know what Ugana is going to do with with this situation. And he had the, the great quote. And, uh, and that was kind of one of the things like Ben Roberts put out that unbelievable article. He, he does great work. One of my favorite dudes on this beat and, and does, does great stuff. Uh, you know, he said flat out after the game, um, the loss against Kansas State, that, uh, yeah, I'm ready to come back and, and replace Oscar, replace Jacob Toppin. I'm, I'm going to be the guy. I'm ready to return. And, you know, it was kind of a rah-rah. Uh, set of quotes and obviously got everybody excited, but uh, unfortunately he wasn't the one that got himself to Kentucky the first time around. He has a group of individuals around him that uh, are the, the shakers and movers and get him to, to where they feel he will be best suited. And uh, I, they were very cautious. I talked to him several times during the recruiting process. They were very cautious. I, I would bring up because on Kentucky's side, they wanted him to redshirt this past year. And it's kind of what he ended up doing. Uh, they, 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 always hated that redshirt term. They never wanted to just cancel out the opportunity for him to play this year. And that always, uh, you know, rubbed me the wrong way. Like, why, why are they so opposed to a redshirt when that's clearly what Kentucky wants to do with him? Um, so they, I, I don't know if it was an expectation thing or the, at least giving him the opportunity to play. Uh, they just always wanted him to have the chance to play. And I don't think they necessarily thought he got that this past season. And uh, there are some some talks happening behind the scenes about schools that would like him in the Big East, and uh, you know, just leave it at that. That, that, that there is a lot of interest in Ugana on Yenzo, and it's you know, it's not a cut and dry thing that he's gone, but uh, they are listening, and and that's kind of the most important part. That it's just not a done deal that everybody says it is because he said so. Under yeah, that great analysis there and insight into Ugana and Yenzo and his potential decision maybe to. To leave UK. If I'm UK, I am, and I'm sure they're doing these things, saying, like, you are who we have penciled in as the five. You show them all Cal's quotes talking about how great they think he can be. And then, obviously, I, I think you, you go heavy with the nil. Uh, and there's an opportunity to be the next big thing in Lexington. There's obviously nil packages that go with that. But holy smokes, Jack. From a content standpoint, maybe good for clicks. It may be good for radio. I don't know if I could bring myself to Rick Patino stealing UK's projected starting center in the transfer portal and having you gonna go to St. John. So I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, that's that that's the big one. Uh, I've heard Ed Cooley may be interested uh, over at his new job in jo- at Georgetown, and uh, um, you know, the, the UConn potentially could be an option. There are some definitely uh, some schools that will at least send out feelers, uh, whether it be. Well, legally or under the table, but we'll just leave that one at that. And, it ha- and that happens everywhere in college in college athletics. So if it does happen, UK fans don't need to make a huge stink about that. You need to figure out how you can keep these dudes in Lexington, the dudes that we're, that we're excited about. And one of them is Rob Dillingham, one person you haven't gotten to check out this week when you've been in Houston. Uh, he's been the outsider, and there's been some rumblings and some rumors that he may not end up making it to campus. Those rumblings and rumors, Jack, as you are well aware, have been there for a really, really long time. 
And they have heated up, though, as of late. Uh, Travis Graff seemed to indicate he thinks it's only a 40 to 50% chance he makes it to Lexington. Where where would you put the chances of Rob Dillingham being a Kentucky Wildcat, and, and what's the latest there? Yeah, that, that's kind of where I've always had it. Uh, he's, he's a guy that it's going to be a step-by-step process. What are the odds that he makes it to campus? What are the odds he makes it a month into campus? What are the chances – uh, he plays an actual game wearing a Kentucky uniform on campus. I mean, it's uh, unfortunately just the history uh, and the back and forth wishy washiness of the Dillingham and the people around him. Uh, it, it, it has always been red flag after red flag. And yeah, I, I've heard that there may be some academic uh, issues, and more so from a transcript issue. Not that he just you know is bad at school. He, he just you know just some transcript credit things that. Uh, it's at least a conversation in that regard, and um, it, it sucks because he he's a really good talent and an NBA guy. I talked to last night said that that they think that he might end up being actually better than DJ Wagner because of just kind of how uh, he embraces kind of that spotlight and he he knows what it takes to be a superstar and the um, you know the glitz and glamour of all that that they think he's going to fit in seamlessly at Kentucky, and that's the goal because he 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 is built for Kentucky just from a, a persona and. Uh, and, and understanding what it needs to be at uh, you know the, the cream of the crop type type of program. So ideally, yeah, you, you get him and uh, he embraces that superstar lifestyle. But um, it, it's just yeah, I mean it's just, it's just not a, a cut and dry thing. And, and I think if you ask Kentucky, they will continue to say we loved his experience at, at OTE. We loved his development. Uh, we, we think there's you know there's no concerns on our end about him doing that, but. Uh, um, elsewhere, you know, OTE says all the right things that he's he's doing just fine. But I've even heard as of last night, he hated his experience at OTE and uh, is not a fan of structure and doesn't do well in those types of environments and wanted to get out of uh, OTE from the second he stepped foot down there in Atlanta. So uh, it, it just is what it is. I, I'm still going to be pleasantly surprised and happy if and when he makes it on campus. But until then, uh, you know, we'll see. Fascinating stuff from Jack Pilgrim of KentuckySportsRadio.com. You're following him already on social media at Jack Pilgrim KSR, and you're already subscribed to Sources Say Podcasts, as I'm sure you probably are. But if not, do those things. Always great insight and info. Follow up with the Dillingham question is, and I, I know you've gotten this as well, if there's so many red flags around this dude, and to hear about somebody not potentially liking structure coming into the U.K. basketball program, is incredibly alarming, especially with UK's history as of late, recent history with players and obviously the Shade and Sharp situation. Why is UK staff doing this to themselves? With all these red flags, wouldn't it just be easy to say, like, we can find somebody in the portal that will maybe not be as high as a ceiling as you, but somebody that's going to want to be here, be engaged, be a good teammate? Why, why put up with all this? Uh, you know, it's a great question, and I was told that uh, he – was very interested in enrolling in January this past year and kind of getting that process rolling. And I know we just experienced the shade and sharp experience. And from an age perspective, he would have not been you know eligible to be in the NBA draft this current year. And I, frankly, I don't think, you know, he has the body and he, I mean, he's six to a buck 50 soaking wet. So, you know, he's clearly not an, you know, uh, NBA ready type of guy. He's going to need some time to, you know, un- unlock the best version of, of himself. But uh, I-, I think there's a, a a pretty strong reason why Kentucky was like, nah, let's hold off. Let's see how this thing go- goes. Because 
uh, you know, if, if, if things do go south on, you know, on campus once he gets to Kentucky and, uh, that's, you know, I, I, I question how, from a PR perspective, how that would all unfold. And I think there's a reason why they kind of wanted to keep things at an arm's length and see how this, these last couple months go and leading up to the summer when he, uh, makes his, his way to campus. I think they understand that the, the potential is there and definitely want to welcome that to, to Lexington, but always still kind of staying at arm's length and, and understanding that things could fall, fall flat. And if that's the case, then they will reach out to the portal. So I think it's kind of one of those having him in your back pocket, you know, hoping for the best while also kind of keeping their options open and going, okay, if this thing goes south as it definitely could, uh, we need to be ready to pounce elsewhere in the portal and, and find an immediate replacement. I think a big part of that is, you know, getting Antonio Reeves back and uh, some of these other stay or, stay or go decisions, just having contingency plans when you have Rob Dillingham is, is, is the best case scenario. Normally try to stay somewhat optimistic with all this stuff, but like similar with the state and sharp situation, when you kept hearing the worst case scenarios, it was like, okay, you hope that doesn't happen. But if it does, people are going to lose their minds. If Dillingham ends up not playing at UK and we don't like who they have to fill that spot or from the portal, people are going to lose their minds. They're going to lose their minds even if they do like who they get to, to replace him in the portal. Uh, it's just some of the some of the roster fatigue is really setting in with a lot of the fans. And, and Roush, it, it, it could get ugly again. See, and I think right now, too, we're so early in the process, right? There's a lot of – I feel like we're juggling chainsaws right now and there's a lot up in the air still. What do, Jack, what do you just think is the most significant um, either position or player? or what, what, what do you think is going to be, in the next two months, the biggest storyline that impacts next season? Is it Chris Livingston coming back? Is it uh, 3 and D transfer portal player uh, that's unknown right now? What, what do you think is the biggest thing that Kentucky has to accomplish while Calipari juggles all these chainsaws over the next couple of months? building next year's roster i think you got to get antonio reeves back i think that's kind of where things start and go i think if but let's let's think positively here and and assume that things work out with rob he gets on campus he loves it he embraces the structure and uh we're, we're good to go from there even still he will need an antonio reeves he needs a, a locker room vet guy that has been there you know knows the process knows what it's like uh, to, to be successful at a place like Kentucky, that that will unlock the best version of, of Rob, uh, you know, be that nice kind of vet complimentary piece to a, a very polarizing young up and coming freshman. Uh, and obviously if you lose Rob, then Antonio is absolutely the most crucial because he would obviously slide in at that two spot. And uh, we've seen him kind of be that on ball guy when injuries have happened or whatever the case is this past year. Uh, and, and if we're looking for positivity and, and reasons to be optimistic, there isn't an NBA guy in that gym that thinks Antonio Reeves is not coming back to Kentucky. That they they were very optimistic that he would not hear uh, the draft promise that he was looking for. He's not going to get a two way deal. Definitely not going to you know get any guarantees. Uh, they, they're pretty confident that he's just going to get an Exhibit Ten contract. One of those will pay you fifty thousand dollars to work your way up the totem pole and. Um, you, you know, through the G League and, and all that, and that's just not something that uh, is feasible for Antonio Reeves, who is already making six figures at Kentucky this past year. So uh, if you're looking for optimism, is, is there's a ton of that uh, down here, especially that uh, Antonio Reeves will not like what he hears during the draft process and ultimately decide to come back to Kentucky. And, uh, and there's at least your starting point. You get DJ, you get 
yeah, you get Antonio, and if then if you know Chris leaves as I expect him to, then you know then, then you kind of work from there and add you know look to the portal and add some complementary pieces. But uh, you got to have two anchors in in um, Antonio Reeves and DJ Wagner, and I'm pretty confident that's going to be the case. Great stuff, as always, with Jack. I was going to ask you about Livingston, but I almost feel like that's been covered enough. Nobody's expecting him to come back. The expectation should be for him not to come back, and I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. If you can get Reeves, you can kind of you can absorb a little bit of that blow with Livingston, and you can kind of go from other areas from there. Um, tell us something exciting about Justin Edwards. Get the, get the people pumped about him. I think he's legitimately – uh, could be in the conversation to be a top five, top ten pick in the NBA draft in 2024. Um, I know he hasn't maybe made as much news as Bradshaw or Wagner in these practices so far, but what are some nice things you've seen from Justin Edwards to get people excited about next season? Well, if you want to kind of bounce off of the Chris Livingston stuff going going on, he is the kind of anti-Chris Livingston. Chris was, and, and the people around him were unbelievably focused on role and uh, you know, how he's being played and the types of touches he was getting and, and those, those sorts of things, Justin could not care less. He is somebody that he is a plug-and-play. You put me on the floor wherever you need me. I am okay with being Robin, not Batman. And, I, and that's, you know, one of the most refreshing things you can hear about a kid, that he does not care about being the guy. He is very content with being kind of that uh, you guys carry the bulk of the you know scoring load and, and and you know carry the weight on your shoulders and I'll fill the gaps. But he is an unbelievable fill the gaps type of guy. Where I literally asked his guy last night, oh, uh, say he has to slide down to a small ball four role, kind of what Chris Livingston was asked of uh, of him this past year. It didn't work very well with Chris from a role perspective and all that. How would you guys handle that? They said, we don't care. If you don't want to put him on a small ball four, go for it. If, if, if Cal thinks he's a freaking point guard, then he's a point guard. I, I, we don't care. We just want to you know, have him be put in positions to succeed, and, and I don't think there's any question that uh, anywhere he's put on the floor will, will allow him to succeed because he's just kind of that plug-and-play guy, uh, un, unbelievably versatile on both ends of the floor. Uh, active in the passing lanes, wants to get out in transition, get steals, get run out dunks. I mean, he's he, he's terrific on both ends, and uh, definitely one of, for my money, the one of the most refreshing prospects to talk to. Great stuff, as always, talking with Jack Pilgrim. He's going to have a lot more from Houston when he gets back into town. Jack, just been super impressed with how you've taken the reins of this job over the years. You, you've done such a good job with it. People have Grown to trust you with your recruiting information. And so much better than the last guy that had this job. So much better looking than the last guy that had this job. And also, I just wanted to say that, like, you're a reason why I check out KS Board. Like, you're the KSR Plus aspect of it. It's definitely not Roush's goofy post. Uh, you provide good info, good intel there. You're just absolutely killing it. And I really do appreciate you taking the time. And uh, don't be a stranger to invite me to beach in basketball from time to time. No, I know Big Blue Drew's been talking uh, a lot of smack about it. He he definitely wants you to to be a part of that very shortly. So let's let's get that set up, man. Appreciate you guys, and obviously the kind words mean a lot. Thanks, Jack. Safe travels back home. We'll talk to you down the road. Jack Pilgrim, Kentucky Sports Radio. Make sure you're following him on all his social media and sign up for the KS board because he does provide some good intel, some stuff kind of behind the scenes he can post that he may not feel as comfortable posting elsewhere. Uh, Roush, we are out of time. We're pretty much out of time. We can maybe get a text message in if you want. But anything yeah. from Jack, we can also save it for tomorrow. But anything from Jack that really stood out to you, 
the Dillingham stuff does not make me feel any warmer, fuzzier inside. Yeah, no, I've, uh, it's also one of those things where I, I tell my wife all the time, I forget where I've had these conversations, but um, having the kind of off the air conversations with Jack, there's, I feel like it's just, you're just rolling the dice with him. And if it hits, it hits. I'm not putting any expectations on him to do anything. So uh, just don't be a distraction. And it's fine by me. And I thought as you got a Kingsley news is like, Kentucky, you need to get your stuff together. Because if you lose him, then you're, you're going to be scrambling a little bit in the transfer portal. Yeah. Uh, not that it can't, not that it can't work out, but like, but it's, you're, it's you're, so you're hard to find that too. John Calipari, you're going to let yeah. another big E school come in here and steal what's yours behind your back. I'd, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't let that happen. So put that foot down. Really good stuff there from Jack. I love the Antonio Reeves news. Uh, there's a reason why I wanted him back more than Livingston. Dude averaged 14 points per game. I know that everybody wanted UK to go further than the round of 32. But if you're telling me you can get a starter back on a round of 32 team that averaged 14 points per game, I think he scored six points or had six games over 20 points in the months of February or March, and it wasn't very deep March, unfortunately for UK. That's pretty darn good. I'll take that. It obviously didn't end the way we wanted to, and that's even all the more reason for him to come back. But, again, can't thank Jack enough for his time, and especially Central Time where he was. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll finish up the Thornton's text line then. We'll digest more of this. I'm sure there will be news throughout the day, Roush, that we'll talk about, including your football scoop. Oh, yeah. Going to be a good time. It's been fun rolling and calling this morning, gentlemen. Really has been. We'll see you tomorrow, 7 a.m. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Big Maybe eat some steak with my beans and rice up. Play-